Hello, my dear listeners, and welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, where we talk money and dating with Vivian Chu, my rich BFF. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen, and with me today is the she wolf of Wall Street, Amanda Wolf. Amanda, I'm so excited you could join me. I'm so excited to be here. It's always lovely to talk to you, and it's always lovely to have you in the co-host position. So thank you so much for your time. Amanda and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else. To introduce you to Every Money Story, because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big-time investments in assets like real estate, or start your own business, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself toward your dreams. Let's move on to our money moment where we share a money hack, tip, or trick to help you on your financial journey. Today's money moment is one that might seem a little bit obvious, but check your credit report regularly. This is a good way to make sure there isn't any fraud and to keep track of your credit score and your financial progress. And it's important for a few reasons because fun story, not so fun story, because last year I was almost a victim of identity fraud. So um, luckily I had signed up for all of the you know credit report alerts and I got an alert that I had signed up for a new credit card, did not, went on and realized that it's actually kind of like a free for all if somebody has your information to apply for any type of credit. So my tip on top of all of this would be to freeze your credit with all three of the main credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. So that is free to do. You just go onto their site. They'll try to sell you stuff along the way, but it's free to do. Just hit that freeze button. And then the next time that you personally want to go take out a line of credit, you just have to go unfreeze it. I love that tip. I mean, in this day and age, if you don't need your credit being used, like obviously unfreeze it if you're about to apply for a mortgage or you need a new credit card or whatever. But yeah, if you don't need something right now, freeze that credit right up. I love that tip. Thank you. Freeze that baby up. I'm telling you, it is, like I said, it's free and you, you do have to remember to unfreeze it for yourself because I did try to go open one myself and forgot that it was frozen and was immediately denied. But you know, <laughs> you'll remember and it'll be worth it versus finding out that somebody took out five credit cards under your name. But if you're not going to do that, at least make sure you're checking your credit report regularly. Awesome. All right. Do you have a money tip for us? Email moneymoment at biggerpockets.com. All right, Amanda, I'm super excited to talk to Vivian too today. We are talking dating and finances. And you know, honestly, this is some information I should have had back when I was dating. It's been a minute since I was dating, but I could have probably gotten rid of a lot of those frogs that I was dating if I would have had more of this information or, you know, listened to some of the red flags, paid attention to some of the red flags that were popping up. Yeah. I always like to say, I mean, taking money and dating, which are two already really complicated topics and combining them together just makes for, um, um, potential disaster. And I always like to say that I think that when it comes to money stuff in relationships that people tend to paint red flags green where they're like, oh, this isn't that big of an issue. I'll, you know, I, I can compromise here. I can compromise there. And then those things tend to compound over time. So I'm super excited to talk to Vivian today to see what her advice is when it comes to love and finances, because it's a super complicated topic. I am excited to bring these tips to our listeners, our single listeners who, uh, might need a little bit of help with starting the conversation. Real estate investing is great, 
But for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers an 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, get paid first. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of the physical asset provide additional security in case of borrower default. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by redirecting your funds from Wall Street to Main Street, supporting local economies, and generating profits simultaneously. This investment is reserved for accredited investors, but if you are not accredited, Pine Financial has options for you too. Take control of your investments and secure a stable 8% annual return today. Visit pinefinancialgroup.com slash biggerpockets to learn more about the fund. That's pinefinancialgroup.com slash biggerpockets. The easiest way to collect rent? Rent app. RentApp is a seamless, secure, free payment tool for small rental property owners like you and me. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit rent directly into your account. Landlords love RentApp for its unbeatable convenience. Isn't it time you made rent collection easier? RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Choosing a life partner is one of the most important things you could do for yourself, your happiness, and your financial future. Today, we're talking with Vivian Tu, your rich BFF, about dating and finance to help set you up for romantic and financial success. Vivian is an ex-Wall Street trader and is now the founder and CEO of Your Rich BFF Media and the host of the podcast, Net Worth and Chill. Vivian produces educational financial content on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube with over 5 million followers across these platforms. Vivian, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, Vivian, before we jump in, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and when and how you started getting interested in finance? You know, I want to take this way back, way back, okay? So I grew up the child of two Chinese immigrants. And so there's this massive emphasis placed on saving and, you know, they were really focused on survival. I'll be honest. Like my parents came over to the U.S. in their early 20s and like we certainly did not have a lot of money growing up. Um, But I like to think of myself as someone who's always just had it in my blood because um, one of my earliest memories when it comes to money is I was in the third grade and... (laughs) You know how at the beginning of the year, there's like a list of school supplies that you have to get. And, you know, I, I, I was a good student. I like love school supplies. I'd make my mom take me to the Target or the Walmart and we would like get all the highlighters and the pens. And one day we had a project where we had to take out a highlighter and like do something. And I knew for a fact that if you sat next to a buddy who was not 
that good at managing their school supplies, you were just going to have to lend them one. And so I knew sitting next to, we'll call her Kay, this girl, like her backpack, like this is how I knew she wasn't going to have a highlighter, was always open. Like it was always half open. And like there was just stuff falling out of it. And I knew I was going to have to lend her a highlighter. So I actually turned to her and I was like, hey, let me see what's inside of your school bag or like your your little school box. And she had like half a pencil, a chewed, like a chewed eraser and a chapstick. And so I told her, I was like, listen, I will give you a highlighter. I'm not going to just lend it to you. I'll give it to you. You can keep it. But I want the chapstick. And she was like, you know, like, I've already used this chapstick. And I was like, I don't care. I just want the chapstick. Give me the chapstick. And she was like, yeah, okay. She thinks she's getting the sweet deal. And so I give her the highlighter. I get the chapstick. And later on in the day, I took a paperclip and I twirled up the bottom of the chapstick until there's like a little, like enough out, took the paperclip, sheared off the top, like twirled it a little bit back in, cleaned it off capped it and then I sold the chapstick to another girl for like a dollar so that I could have a dollar to go spend <laughs> and that was how I began running an underground chapstick entrepreneurship ring oh my god <laughs> like I had no like idea where that story was going and it was so much better than I could have ever imagined like you've been tr- you've been a trader since childhood Oh my gosh. I look back on this moment. I'm like, that's like kind of gross, babe. Like you sold a girl a used chapstick. But like, you got to admit, like the hustle was there. I mean, absolutely. Like you saw a a gap in the marketplace and you went and filled it. That's one way to phrase it. Okay. So Vivian, I have a question for you then. So you obviously have, you know, taught yourself a lot around financial literacy, personal finance. You've been helping your friends, your colleagues, strangers on the internet, right? But what do we do when it comes to dating and money? Because I feel like that's where things can kind of get a little tricky. So in your opinion, what are some of the biggest mistakes that people make in the area of dating and money? I think the biggest one is just like not talking to your partner about money, right? Like I think all of us don't want to make it weird. We don't want to bring up finances. We don't want to talk about icky topics. Like you want this Disney channel romance where you just, it's sunshine and butterflies all the time. And I am so sorry, but like, we've seen the stat, like 50% of marriages end. And on top of that, like, if you know that money and sex consistently rank as number one and two, every year there's a new study, they switch places up and down one and two, one and two, you know, for a fact though, money and sex have been the two top reasons why couples fight. Why wouldn't you put as much effort into your money life as you do your sex life? I think we are all very, very comfortable talking about sex these days. It's great. That has really desensitized us to a lot of that material So people can be really sex positive and we can talk comfortably about that. But like, we need to do the same where we desensitize people to talking about money because it should not be easier to talk about private parts than it is about pay. But it's not cool to talk about money. It's not uh, couth to talk about money. You know what is cool? Going on that vacation to Mykonos. You know what that needs? Money. You know what's cool? Being able to buy your dream home. So Rover and... 
spots can go run around the backyard. That's cool. You know what that takes? Money. Money is cool. I'm so sorry. Unless you are living off the grid, you make your own food and like you hunt your own like fish and meat and like, you know, you chop your own fire. What? Like, I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. Okay. Like I, (laughs) these hands, no manual labor. I can't do that. So if you want to live a normal life in society where you participate in capitalism and consumerism as it stands, you need money. And I think the argument that it's uncouth or rude or tacky to talk about money is has just been like the most genius marketing play by rich people I have ever seen because I have now grown. I, like I grew up, I would say like middle class, upper middle class. I have now seen wealth beyond my wildest imaginations. Like I have seen people who own islands. I have hung out with people who own full floor apartments in New York City. I know those people now. And let me tell you, we're always talking about money. And my my fiance, I don't I don't golf because I am not dexterous and like I can barely see the ball like when it goes, but you know, like he plays golf. And when you go to a golf course, you always see two old dudes. They're teeing off and they're talking about their portfolios. They're talking about how much they made last year at XYZ Hedge Fund. They're talking about that. Why is it cool that two dudes who have a lot of money can talk about money, but two young women, two young people of color, two lower income people can't talk about money? That's so weird, don't you think? It shouldn't be embarrassing or rude to talk about our finances. I totally agree. Yes, totally agree, hands down. And I think that you nailed it with you know, rich people are always talking about money and maybe the average everyday person isn't quite to that point yet. And I think that people have a really hard time just being open about money because you don't know what you don't know. Like you feel like so behind, like you should have more. But when it comes to like dating and relationships, we have to have those conversations. If we want to be going to Mykonos, hopefully our partner's going with us. If we're showing up to that wedding, hopefully they're with us, right? So at what point in a relationship or in dating do you think that you should start Um, asking those money questions? And then how do you bring it up without being awkward? I say date one, but the conversation looks different, right? I think when I say talk to your partner about money or talk to your date about money, people think I'm like showing up to a first date being like, bring your pay stub. And like, that's (laughs) that's not it. That's not like, don't like ask someone to like bring their credit report date one, like you will get ghosted. But I think it's okay to talk about money in a way that's really fun. So I think a common first date question that I used to ask is like, what's like the, you know, what's your dream vacation? If money was not a factor, like what does your dream vacation look like? And it tells you deeply about someone because if someone's dream vacation is to go like scale Mount Everest, which is a very expensive activity, I know because my, my lash guy actually went and climbed it. It was like really impressive. Um, but that costs tens of thousands of dollars to do versus someone who's like, oh, I want to like go to an island in the Caribbean and I don't want to move for seven days. And I want to drink, I want to constantly have a pina colada in my hand that tells you about someone that explains like what they value. Like, are they an adrenaline junkie? Are they someone who really loves to like really, really relax? And that question does not come off as 
she's asking me or he's asking me about money. It comes off as they're asking me about my interests. Um, I also think like, you know, asking questions like what is, you know, the, the place where you would envision living long term, especially for young people, because I feel like so many, so many of us these days are like very transient. Like, you know, you live a couple years in this city, a couple years in that city. It's like, what's your ultimate end goal? Do you want to own a penthouse in New York City or do you want to own a single family home in LA? Do you want to live on the beach in Miami? Would you rather be in the mountains in Colorado? Like, again, that tells you about someone, but also their answer will explain like what ballpark of money they're playing in. And I think that's really helpful. It doesn't need to be an awkward conversation because if you've already introduced those topics, then to date number two, you can talk a little bit like, oh, like, you know, tell me about your work. Do you like it? Um, date three, four, five, you're starting to get to know each other a little bit more. You know, you got to talk about we're first date, like, were we splitting the bill? Are you covering the bill? I personally am of the whoever invited should pay bill type thing. And then, but like, if you're consistently dating someone for a longer period of time, I don't necessarily think it's fair for one person to always cover all the expenses, unless there's like a serious mismatch in income. Um, so again, these are all conversations you can start to have down the road as you've become warmer and warmer to those topics. Because it's going to feel less and less awkward if you've already broached the subject. Okay, so we agree that talking about finances is important. And listen up, business owners. Here's some quick math. Fewer costs equals more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Don't let rising costs sink your business's growth. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash bpmoney. That's netsuite.com slash bpmoney. netsuite.com slash bpmoney. Pretty good episode, right? While you were listening, you could have been getting paid rent with RentApp. Landlords love RentApp because it makes rent collection a breeze. RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. Setup is straightforward for renters. Landlords don't need to download anything. Both have peace of mind with a digital transaction history. Isn't it time you made landlording a little easier? RentApp, the best way to pay or collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. Saving for a down payment, a wedding, or just looking for extra money to invest? Monarch Money turns your budgeting woes into wins. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best budgeting app overall. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to manage your money like a pro. Add a partner or family member to your account for no extra cost, so combined finances become a breeze. 
customize your budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions, and more. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash pockets for your extended 30-day free trial. What if I told you that I, Mindy Jensen, the queen of budgeting, the personal finance fanatic, sometimes forgot to cancel my subscriptions? I know, it's horrible. $10 here, $15 there. My useless subscription bills could have taken my whole family out to dinner multiple times. Rocket Money can make all that subscription sadness suddenly vanish. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all your subscriptions in one place and cancel money-sucking subscriptions with a tap. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. That's rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. Rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. I know there are people who are listening to this show who are saying, okay, but I'm already in a relationship and we haven't talked about money. How do you bring it up now that you're invested in somebody? I do this with my fiance. Um, we talk about money so often, but when we first started dating and we were dating like, you know, more casually, uh, I didn't have a ring on my finger or anything like that yet. Um, we would sit down every two weeks or every month, whatever cadence you and your partner feel comfortable with. And we would turn a money conversation into a date night. So we would get a pizza, we would get some wine, we would have like a pint of Ben and Jerry's in the freezer waiting for us. And we would sit down and we would discuss like, do we have enough save for that trip to Italy this summer? Do we have enough saved to potentially, you know, move into a nicer apartment? Should we get a new couch? All of these things cost money. And talking about that after you've gotten into a relationship can be challenging unless you make time for it. I think, Mindy, you also kind of like are asking, like, how do you even broach the subject? I think it's with a lot of openness and honesty, but I would utilize a moment of either spending or transition or event to bring it up. So if you have a vacation coming up, that's an easy time to bring up the money topic because someone's got to pay for that vacation. If you are buying something new, a large couch, a large TV, like great time to talk about money because someone's paying for that item or moving. That's a huge one. I think, especially since more and more couples are living together before they actually sign any paperwork or get married or like do anything like that. Like you got to talk about money. And, and what if you start these conversations? Let's say you're like, well, and maybe you're a couple of years into your relationship and you're just now sitting down to have these conversations and you're like, all right, let's do it. And then you sit down to do that. And then you figure out that your partner has completely different money values than you. What would you recommend in that situation? Like they want to live in a cabin in the woods and you are trying to 
live your high life in Miami? I think this is actually a really important pivotal moment that many people don't get to because they don't talk about money early enough. Or two, they're like, I can't see these red flags. I can't read. And like, (laughs) I just think it's so silly because like, I don't think it's fair for you to attempt to change your partner fundamentally from who they are. Sure, you can train your fiance to not spit his toothpaste in the sink weird like I have. But but like I don't think like if your partner wants to live a certain life and it is drastically different from the life you want to live, I don't think it's fair to ask either one of you to compromise. You need to really have a moment where you like come together and you're like based on what we want is this relationship going to work? And I think it's just as important to have these conversations about other topics too, right? Like one of you wants kids, one of you doesn't. Like it's really not fair to try and convince the person who doesn't want to have kids to want them. And it's not really okay to coerce the person who wants to have children to just not. Like you should be able to have the life you want, but you're going to have to find a partner that matches that. And sometimes Somebody who you do love is not the right match. It's not a good fit. I think that's really a great comment because if you aren't have these having these conversations, I mean, I look back at some of the people that I've dated like, oh, that would have been a terrible marriage. That would have definitely ended in divorce. And that doesn't mean that I didn't love them in the moment, but they weren't right for me long term. And I wanted to have kids. So partnering up with somebody and not talking about having kids, which I don't think is necessarily a first date conversation, but it's definitely like within the first five or 10 dates, you want to know, oh, you're totally against having kids. Thank you so much. It's been nice knowing you, but we're not compatible because my life would not be complete without kids. And that doesn't mean that you're wrong, that you don't want kids. The best time to not have kids is when you don't want them, but I want them. So I don't want to continue down this path. The same point with the money. If you want to, I'm I'm a frugal person. If you want to be this spend every dime and figure out how you're going to pay for it later kind of person, I wish you well. But that would give me so much anxiety. I would never sleep in my whole life. And that's not worth it to me. So I'm sure you're nice, but I hope you find somebody that's more compatible with your lifestyle. And again, that's an earlier in the relationship conversation. So you don't have to have heartbreak then you're just like wow that guy was really nice it's too bad it didn't work out kind of thing wait can i tell you guys the funniest story yes i had a girlfriend who had gone on a string of good first dates and she was dating these guys and each one of them by like date five or six or like they were like you know whatever just like consistently they would have like a fatal flaw and the fatal flaw would be like they eventually wanted to move back to the Midwest and she wanted to be in, you know, Seattle long term or they didn't want kids. There was just always something wrong with them and not so much that wrong with them, but like wrong with their compatibility. This girl, I have never seen someone approach dating this way. She, I don't know how many hours she put into this, but she was aggressively swiping on dating apps like for a couple hours each day. And then she would go on these dates and she would have an Excel spreadsheet of all of their names on the, like on the 
first left-hand side column, and then across the top, questions that she needed answered. So like, do you want kids? Where do you want to live? Like, what kind of job do you have? How much money do you make? Do you have debt? Like all of these like really hard hitting questions. And she would ask them all first date, and then she would give them a score. Oh. Based on, Amanda's like cringing right now. I'm not, I'm not cringing. I'm just like, that is bold. Yeah, it's, it's super bold. But they would get a score based on how many points they scored. So like, I guess like if you said you wanted to like live in like Portland, like that was better than wanting to live in like Dallas. So like that would be like a few extra points, even though it wasn't Seattle. It was like, you know, it was good enough. Um, And they would get a ranking out of 100. And then after every series of like 10 dates, she would then purge half of the list. And that's how she would decide who would get a second date. And then she would purge half of the list. Did they know they were being scored? No. This was all behind the scenes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't bringing the PowerPoint deck to the date. Well, I'm just like, does she come with a list of questions? How much money do you make? Where do you <laughs> like, she, I, like? I don't, she's, you know, she's very charismatic. She's like a very cute, nice girl. And I'm sure she worked it into the conversation very naturally. But like, when we found out about this Excel sheet, we would not stop giving her a hard time. And it was amazing because- she she lived by the motto that's like if you're not dating to get married you're dating to get your heart broken and that's really smart she was not trying to waste her time she's like i have a great job i make a ton of money but i'm very busy i work you know 60 80 hours a week like i don't have time for this so like i gotta know from jump if we even have the compatibility factor and if we don't like i'm not going on a second date um and i don't recommend that to everybody listening to be clear. I mean, time time is our most precious asset, right? Like, sounds like she's... That's right. Only thing you can't buy, buy, buy more of. But I do think there is some value in what she did in, like, almost taking a little bit of the emotion out of it. Because you're on a first date, you're on your second glass of wine, you're like, oh my gosh, I really like this guy. No, you just really like wine, okay? Like, calm down. Like, <laughs> you don't like this guy. There are so many red flags you just can't see right now. And so I think, like, her methodology of asking the the questions that were really important to her early on is really smart. I don't think you need to make an Excel sheet. I don't think you need to hit them on date one. But the sooner you ask them, kind of the better. Like, why waste each other's time? Well, exactly. If you are looking to get married, ask that question. Hey, do you see yourself getting married? No, I never want to get married. Great. I'm, I don't even need to score the rest of you. I'm just going to cross you right off the list. Uh, check, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're negative 100. Um, okay. So this is, this is again, more like, you know, getting to know somebody. What if you're already not just in a relationship, but you're in love with someone and you haven't had this conversation. You hear the show, you discover that you should have a conversation about money with your love and you discover that they're in a really bad financial situation or they are so far apart from your financial mentality. What do you do? I mean, when is it worth breaking up with somebody and when is it worth trying to salvage a relationship? I think that has a lot to do with both people. You, I, I hear this phrase a lot, like XYZ didn't love me enough to change. Like, Someone's not going to change because they love you. You need to make sure that someone loves themselves enough to want to change 
so that you guys can have a happy, healthy life together. But like, it's not like you take care of me. I take care of you. It's like you take care of you and I take care of me. And that way we can work together as a team. So I think it's really important to like, again, if you're seeing like, you know, Mindy, you and I are dating. We've been dating for like four or five years. We're like, kind of like talking like, Ooh, like what kind of ring do you want? Yada, yada. We have the money conversation. You find out I have six figures in student loan debt. I have, you know, five figures in credit card debt. You need to really take a deep second to think about, is that something I am okay helping with for frankly, a long time? If it's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with deciding that that's not the right partner for you. However, If you're like, this person is amazing, like, I really want to be with them. You need to sit down and have that conversation and be like, listen, like, I'm concerned that the amount of debt you have is likely going to hinder our ability to do the things we want to do, whether that be buying a home, starting a life together in a new city because, you know, somebody got a new job. Because you want to go on vacation together. You want to have a great wedding. Like you need to have that open and honest conversation. And maybe you come to speak with that person and you find out, oh, you have that much debt because your parents weren't able to help you with school. But now you have a really great plan that you are aggressively paying that debt down. That's one conversation. That's a completely different conversation from, oh, it's no biggie. Like I'm still putting a bunch of charges on my credit card. Like having that plan and being like, I'm willing to tighten the belt with you over the next two, three years to really just crush this debt or get you in a better financial place. That's love. That's love in action. But if your partner who's in a bad financial position doesn't love themselves enough to want to change, trust me, you're not going to be able to be the one to do that. And frankly, when you get married to someone, when you get the government involved, It doesn't make people suddenly wake up and be better with money. Who they are before you get married is the same person they will be after you tie the knot. I feel like a lot of people don't want to hear that, but like, I think like, it's just really important. Like sometimes if someone does not value a dollar the same way you do, it's not a match. I completely agree with everything that you said. And like you said, there are some people who like, they got into their six figures worth of debt for I mean, everything is for a reason, right? But like they recognize it. Maybe it's the student loans. They're a doctor now, you know, whatever. Or six figures of like student loan debt is very different than somebody who has six figures of like consumer debt, right? So how they got in that situation, that's like a really important conversation to have. And they mean different things. Exactly. And like, I think of some of my best girlfriends who have six figures of debt because they took on debt to go to undergrad. They took on debt to go to medical school. And they're going to become plastic surgeons. Like, you know, that money's eventually coming back. You know, that debt's going to get paid down. Like both of the two people in the relationship actually have debt. So like, great, you'll be fine. You have a plan to pay it down as soon as you start to make any sort of meaningful amount of money. It's very different than someone who's like, oh yeah, like I got this debt because I was like balling at the club buying tables. Like, it's also very different to be like, oh, I have $15,000 in credit card debt because I got a kidney stone, didn't have insurance at the time, had to put a charge on here to like 
com- not completely blow up my credit score. Like there is just truly, we are all just doing the best with what we can, with what we have. And debt is just a financial tool. Some people are taught how to use it better than others in the same way that like when rich people borrow money, we call it leverage. When poor people borrow money, we call it debt. Like debt is not morally good or bad. And I think that we should stop thinking of it as something that like only like shameful and bitter seeing like bad people do like every people use debt. It is what it is. Um, and when you have debt, the type of debt you have is important, but also just do you have a plan? Do you have any idea what you're going to do if you come into a windfall of money? Are you going to pay it down? Are you going to invest instead? Or are you going to go blow it at designer shopping? Because those are three very different scenarios and you got to, you know, understand who you are with. I totally agree. And I think that is like what's going to make a longstanding partnership, right? Um, so then what about when it comes to actually like sitting down and doing the financial planning together as a couple? Um, it, do you think it is okay for like one person to manage all of the money? No, no. Um, do you think it needs to be a joint thing? What do you think that looks like? I already hear you. You say no. I, I didn't even mean to cut you off, but like that question gives me the heebie-jeebies because I have gotten so many DMs in particular from women, I'll be honest, that are like, you know, unfortunately, like my, my late husband just passed away. I have no idea what like any of the passwords to the accounts are. I don't know how much money we have. I don't know what to do. And that is terrifying. This is the family emergency binder from Smart Money Mamas. It is the finance planner that you need before your spouse passes away. If your spouse is doing all of the or your partner is doing all of the planning, this has all of the passwords, all of the accounts, all of the everything so you can plan for a financial emergency. I love this. It comes as a um a little uh keychain USB thing and it also comes as a printable document so you can fill it all out if you have like maybe your techiverse um but yeah, all the things that you need because you're absolutely right. I just spoke at a conference for widows and that was the number one question that I got afterwards was I don't know where to start. I'm in this, you know, I I've got all these papers, but I don't know what any of them mean because he did the, the, the planning. And frankly, I would say like a situation where like your partner passes and you've been together for a very long time. You're happy. Like you were happily together. Like when I get those DMS, I'm like, this is so tragic and like upsetting, but eventually Uh, Like if you guys have put together, you know, a decent like will or there's a trust set up or there's some sort of like documentation that like, you know, things are going to be left to you. At least you'll eventually get it. The other story that I get a lot is like I just caught my partner cheating and now I'm locked out of all the accounts and all of this is being switched up and we're filing for divorce. I haven't worked in the past 10 years because I was kind of given this promise that like, I would be the homemaker, I would take care of the kids, I gave up my career to do that. And now I don't have anything to my name. And that actually really, really upsets me. I think every single partnership, don't care if it's, you know, a traditional setup where there's one breadwinner and one person who stays at home, don't care if it's two people who go to work, don't care if 
Y'all are just living off of somebody's grand, grandpa's inheritance. I don't care. Like you need to have the conversation about how you're spending, where that money's coming from, what your expenses are, what you're saving for, what you're investing in together. Because if you don't and somebody doesn't know what's going on, you're going to be in a bad place if anything were to happen. And I also think it's important, and I say this to you know any of the women listening, have your own money. Have your own rainy day bank account. This is like your runaway money. Like, what's that movie with um, Julia Roberts? Sleeping with the enemy. Yes. Like, you need to have, like, your runaway money. Like, you have to have money for a rainy day. And thankfully, in many cases, you won't need it. Most of us have decent partners. And if you don't have a decent partner and you have a very horrible, you know, terrible acrimonious end to your marriage like that's it that's fine but like if you are in a dangerous situation which many people do end up in you have to have rainy day runaway money vivian i think that's a very very powerful note to end on do you have anything final to share with our listeners yeah always date someone who makes you feel big um i have had partners who dimmed my light because they could not shine bright enough to keep up with me. And damn, does that suck to try and make yourself feel small and fit into a box so that person could feel better about themselves? No, you deserve to be 100% you. You deserve to be the best version of you you can be. And if you find a partner that helps you feel big, not only will you get to feel the best, and do your best, have the best career you could possibly have, live the best life you could possibly live, but they're going to help improve you as a person. I I say this all the time, but the reason I'm marrying my fiance is because he makes me a better person. He is my sounding board. He is my confidant. He is my biggest cheerleader. And when I'm having a bad day, he knows exactly which sushi spot to order from and how to rub my back the way that I like it. And you know, I think having a supportive, conscientious partner is going to take you a really long way because it allows you to take risks and make strategic jumps in your life when you have opportunities arise versus turning them down at the fear that you doing good and getting an opportunity means that they have missed out on one. Yes. Just because I get an opportunity doesn't mean that you're less than. And just because you get an opportunity doesn't mean that I'm less than. We're, your success is my success. My success is your success. I love that for you. I love that for you. And I hope that everybody listening has that too. And if they don't, you know, take a look at your relationship and see, is this really, really what you want? And be honest, because you only get one life. All right, Vivian, if somebody were to look you up online, where would they find you? You can find me across all social media as your rich BFF. Oh, I love it. Okay, Vivian, you are my new BFF. I love rich BFFs. And thank you so much for your time today. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you sharing your relationship and money perspective. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We will talk to you soon. All right. That was Vivian too talking about dating and finance. I really loved what she had to say today about finances and relationships. You know, I've been married for 21 years, almost 22 years. And I can say from experience, communication is the key to a successful marriage. Communication about 
everything, money, household chores, investments, vacations, life plans, literally anything and everything you should speak to your partner about. If you want your partner to know something, you have to tell them. And if you want to know something from your partner, you have to ask. And I really liked what Vivian Vivian's advice on how to get these conversations started, especially in a newer relationship, because it can be kind of awkward to talk about money. Amanda, what did you think of the show? Yeah, I loved it. And you know, I think you're, I think you're totally spot on that we can't read each other's minds. And as uncomfortable as it can be, the earlier we can have conversations around money and relationships, the better. Um, but I really, really loved what she said toward the end where, you know, her biggest piece of advice when it comes to dating and relationships is to find someone who does not dull your light. And I felt like she, like, was a light force just coming through the screen here, coming through the microphone. And I think she hit the nail on the head because a lot of times in relationships, we feel so, you know, maybe we we fall in lust or love, and then we end up making compromises on who we are as a person, things that we want in life, different types of goals in our lives. And, you know, find that person who's going to help you shine your light brighter and not dull it. And I do think that involving conversations around money and what those goals and, you know, life will look like early on is is really important. And I loved I loved that takeaway from the show. Yep, I did too. Find somebody who is a true partner in your life. It is it, it is your life partner and you should be happy with this. But not every I mean, there's always gonna be issues, but you should overwhelmingly be more happy than unhappy with your partner. Okay, Amanda, if somebody were looking to find you online, where would they find you? Well, you can find me, she wolf of Wall Street, that's wolf with an E.com, which is my website, or across any of the social media platforms, she wolf of Wall Street. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. Big thanks to Amanda for joining me today in the co host seat. She is Amanda Wolf. The She Wolf of Wall Street. I am Indy Jensen saying time to sail, Orca Whale. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple. And if you're looking for even more money content, feel free to visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash biggerpocketsmoney. Bigger Pockets Money was created by Mindy Jensen and Scott Trench. Produced by Kaylin Bennett. Editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting by Nate Weintraub. Lastly, a big thank you to the Bigger Pockets team for making this show possible. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom, and the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into real estate investing or take it to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With the Bigger Pockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com/deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own.
Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.